Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Before Their Eyes by DSC 1110 on Gossamer. Rating General Audiences. You have mail. The new mail alert sounded over the dull roar of various sounds filling the small room. Brohickey, you gonna get that? It's probably that report we are waiting for, to finish up the paper. I'm on it, he replied, glancing at Langley. What are you doing? Langley lay on the couch, hanging upside down, with a video game control in his hands. With a look of intense concentration, he focused on the TV in front of him and the images that flashed across the screen. I mastered this game a few weeks ago, he replied matter-of-factly, and I'm trying to add a level of difficulty. He waited for Frohickey to make some kind of comeback. When he got no response, he tore his eyes from the television to look over at his friend. He was staring at the monitor in complete shock. His face was white as a ghost. What's up? You may want to get over here, Frohickey replied softly, finally looking away from the screen. Get buyers, too. Langley paused the game and flipped himself off the couch. A silence fell over the room making the air heavy. The seriousness in his friend's tone made his stomach tighten. He already dreaded whatever Frohickey had to show him. Just as he straightened up, Byers entered from the other room. Byers, Langley, get over here, Frohickey said again, this time more urgently. He faced the screen again and seemed to be getting paler. Time seemed to slow down. Everything felt like it was in slow motion as the two men exchanged a look and came to stand behind the third. Is this about an email that just came in? Langley asked. Frohickey simply pointed at the screen in response. It's a sad day in the UFO community. Our thoughts are with you. Send Agent Scully our wishes as well. Attachment. The email was marked from an associate of theirs in Montana. They stood in shocked silence as Frohickey opened the attachment a video file simply called Local News. They already had a pretty good idea what they were about to learn. The news report filled the screen, giving the facts as the video began to play. The body of a federal agent was found in a field early this morning. The body of Fox Mulder of Washington, D.C. was found by federal agents this morning, following a bust made on a farm one hour outside of Helena. Mulder, a special agent of the FBI, assigned to the Washington headquarters of the Bureau, went missing while on assignment in Oregon in May. While no official reports have been given, this is the third body found this week in a similar fashion. Teresa Hosey and Gary Cole, both of Belfleur, Oregon, were found in a field near Helena. Hosey is now listed in good condition at St. Jean Hospital and is expected to be released soon. Corey was pronounced dead at the scene by the Justice of the Peace. Calls to the Helena Resident Agency confirmed the investigation to Corey and Agent Mulder's disappearances and death are ongoing. The video accompanying the report showed a clip of Mulder, footage of the field he had been found in, and ended with a clip of Scully, Skinner, and Doggett entering the resident agency. Frohiggy set the video at the image, and they all noticed how close Skinner and Doggett walked to Scully, as if preparing to catch her should she collapse. Only those who knew her well would be able to truly comprehend how her shoulders bowed down with the weight of her grief, how she didn't walk with the force she usually did. I gotta call her, Frohickey said suddenly, 
breaking the silence that had once again begun to press on them. He slid off his chair quickly, and Byers and Langley had to jump back to avoid getting run over. They didn't try to stop him as he picked up the phone and dialed her cell number. They were curious and worried, too, not to mention grieved at the loss of their friend. The phone rang several times before it was answered. This is Agent Doggett. Frankie was slightly taken aback by the voice on the other end, but forged ahead anyway. It's Frohickey we just heard, he said, keeping it simple. He didn't need to elaborate on what he referred to, nor could he bring himself to say it out loud. Saying it made it real, and he wasn't ready to accept that. It's Frohickey, Doggett said to someone near him. Frohickey had to assume it was Scully and tried to hear her response. He heard nothing. Are you sure? Doggett continued. Silence again, then a gentle, all right. Frohickey strained to hear what was going on, and after a few minutes, he heard what sounded like a door opening, and moments later, a car passing by. He assumed that Doggett had stepped outside to speak more freely. How much have you heard, Doggett asked. Only what the press is saying. Haven't had time to hack into your files, he said. He couldn't help but revert to a touch of humor. Mulder always did that, and it seemed fitting, not to mention true. Doggett laughed lightly before replying. Well, you more or less know it all, then, regarding Mulder. We came out here when we learned about Teresa Hosey being found. After that, it just seemed inevitable that we would find Mulder. What did they do to him? His injuries appear to be the same as Teresa and Gary's, which basically looks like someone had fun using them as frogs in biology class, Doggett replied. He paused a moment, letting his statement speak for itself, not wanting to elaborate. Scully did the autopsy on Gary and has blocked one being done on Mulder. Can't say I blame her. Besides, it probably wouldn't tell us anything we don't know already or don't know as the case may be. But Teresa Hosey is fine, Frohicki said frustrated. If they have the same injuries, why isn't Mulder? He didn't want to even try to imagine what had just been implied with the cryptic description of Mulder's fatal injuries. I can't explain that, Doggett said with the same frustration in his voice. Agent Scully has an interesting explanation regarding this man that no one seems to be able to find now. She says he healed her. Well, then why the hell didn't he heal Mulder? No one really wants to talk about that right now, Doggett said quietly. We are all just trying to keep it together. Keep her together. The two men fell into silence as they each thought the woman now left alone in this quest for the truth. Frohicki couldn't imagine how it must be tearing her up. It had been eating away at her for a while now, and this was the final straw. He'd watch Mulder slowly die every time she'd been on the edge of death. Scully hit it well, but he knew every time something happened to Mulder, the same thing happened to her. He'd never before seen a connection as intense as the one Mulder and Scully had to each other. Now for Mulder to actually be dead? He just couldn't imagine how it was affecting her. He didn't even want to acknowledge how it was affecting himself. He glanced over at Byers and Langley. They were trying to wait patiently for what he had to report, but they wanted to know what he knew already. How is she? Frohicki asked tentatively. As well as can be expected, I guess, Doggett replied carefully. I don't know how she is doing it. She fell apart a few minutes after we found him. She refused to believe it. None of us want to believe it. No, believing it is the easy part. Accepting it is what is hard, Doggett responded, with a strong certainty in his voice. 
as if speaking from experience. They look a lot alike, though. The facts are there. Mulder is dead. I found his body. She's seen it herself. Now it just depends on when, or even if, she accepts the fact. If. She's a strong woman, and... Yeah, well, even the strongest people have their limit. Do you think she's reached hers? Doggett sighed into the phone. He waited a few moments before answering. I don't know, he said. I just don't know. She seems to have just closed up completely. I'm not the best person in the world at reading people. I'm no profiler. But I feel like I can do a fairly decent job. I can't read her at all, now, though. All I know is she is taking this hard, and that all anyone can do is try to be there for her in any way possible. I hear you, man, Verhigi responded. Tell her we are all here for her, any time. I will, Doggart replied. We should be back in D.C. late tonight. If you want to try to get in touch with her at some time. We're just finishing up some paperwork here. Getting the body ready to be transported, and other various formalities. I think we all just want to go home. Understood. Thanks for the information, Verhigi said. Keep us posted if anything comes up. All right, I. And Doggett? Verhigi interrupted. Yeah? Just. Verhigi started, but paused, considering his words. He glanced over at the computer screen and the three figures in the pause video. Take care of her. He knew his request was already being fulfilled, but he couldn't help it. He never fully accepted Doggett as Scully's partner, but that moment, he knew that was precisely what he was. He had to trust him to watch out for her, as he had already been doing the last few months. I will, Doggett replied. A moment later, the line went dead. Frohickey hung up the phone and turned to his friends. He's really gone, he said simply. Mulder's... Mulder's dead. Langley and Byers seemed to suddenly have the wind knocked out of them at the statement. They both stepped back and sat down. They stared at Frohickey in shock. Frohickey stared at the floor. What did they do to him? Langley ventured tentatively. Frohickey just shook his head. He wouldn't go into details. And from what I can tell, we don't really want to know. And Agent Scully, Byers spoke up. How is she? Frohickey gestured to the computer screen. That about says it all, he replied. Doggett said she seems to have just shut down. Frohickey paused thoughtfully for a few moments. She needs all the support she can get right now. But knowing her, she won't accept any of it. There's only one person who could ever get through to her at times like this. And even he often had a hard time. This time he's not there. And he won't ever be again. The silence filled the room again. There were no more words to be said. There was nothing left to do. The shock had faded into grief. Time had seemed to slow before coming to a stop. Even as somewhere a clock ticked loudly. After what felt like hours, Frohickey walked over and turned off the computer monitor. He slowly made his way back to the computer he had been working on before. He knew the grief would eventually turn into anger, but until that eventual mood shift, he would do what he had to do. Go on. Slowly, Langley got up and moved to the television. He turned the game off and went to another computer. He got to work on the last touches of the next issue of The Lone Gunman. He wanted to make a place for an article on Mulder. Keep busy. That's what he would do. Maybe it would make the time pass quicker until the dull ache in his chest went away. Byers sat looking as his two friends got to work. 
He wasn't sure what to do himself. He was numb. That was a given. Mulder always found a way out of the most unlikely of situations. Whether he did it himself, he depended on someone else to get him through, or at times, simple dumb luck was on his side. He always came out okay. This time he didn't. A time when there was so much more at stake. So much he didn't know about. Scully was left behind. A baby that all three of them would assume had to be Mulder's was left behind. So many questions left unanswered. He stood up suddenly and went to a third computer, fueled by a new determination, if for no other reason than to preserve Mulder's unending devotion to uncovering the truth. Byers was going to keep going. He would keep looking for the secrets and the lies. He was going to do what he could to make sure Scully and the baby made it through everything safe and sound. He looked over at Frohickey and caught his eye. He saw his own determination mirrored in his friend's expression. He looked at Langley and saw the same thing. They may not have been able to find Mulder alive, but they could certainly make sure his memory and ideas never died. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>